0: We extend a welcome to you. A welcome to the Prairie Prairie Congregation, each of you. Uh, we miss seeing you in the pews and look forward to uh, when we can again meet together. As I was passing through town earlier this week, I noticed a quote posted on one of the church signs. This is what it stated, good things take time. So I was thinking about... That statement, I'm not sure what prompted that church to post that statement on their sign. But I was thinking about good things taking time. My wife had stitched this, uh, stitch work here beside me on the uh, podium here. Patience, in time the grass will become milk. And that's this, a statement that expresses the same, uh, sentiment there. And it's, uh, hangs outside my study door. And it's a reminder to me that uh, patience is a virtue that uh, I need to work at. And uh, But I like to think about the good things. Um, John Wooden, a, US, a UCL coach, is credited with making this statement. And actually, there's more to the quote than what was on the church side. And I'll quote it as he gave it in its entirety. He says, good things take time as they should. We shouldn't expect things to happen overnight, actually getting something too easily or soon can actually cheapen the outcome. Now you might be thinking about that statement that i made good things take time, and as I've had a fair amount of time to uh, uh, ruminate on that thought, I also thought that the fact is true that some bad things take time too, and uh, bad things happen over time as well. Now, usually, bad things are in the neglect of time. We miss opportunities. We miss. We waste time. We procrastinate is a word that we use, and uh, procrastination can be a habit that uh, sneaks up on us without, uh, if we're not careful. But uh, you know, when bad things happen, we need to inventory our experiences and say, Was I negligent? Was I procrastinating? And uh, you can ask anyone that's involved in maintenance in any uh, facility or machinery you know a good product and the investment of time are a successful equation and you can take something that is bad and still invest time in it and it'll still end up being bad and uh, but uh, and it usually ends up being a loss, so as I was thinking about good things and what I want to think about. As I think focused on the idea of good things, especially in what we're experiencing today in our lives, in our experiences. Uh, I thought of the good things of God. So I want to look at a number of uh different things that uh God is good to us, the way He's good to us, and the way it impacts our lives. The first one I want to look at is in the book of James, chapter one. Verse uh, 17, it's a familiar verse and uh, it tells us this in James 1 verse 17 and 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither turning, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. God is the giver of life. We have life. If you go back to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, it tells us that God breathed into his creation mankind the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So God imparted to us not only physical life, but he imparted to us eternal life as well. He, our Man became a living soul. And that's what makes life so precious, is the fact that we, we are eternal beings. And that's why it makes a difference on how we live our lives, because it doesn't end with physical life as we know it here today. And it's because of that aspect that we don't need to fear what the uh, the enemies we may face in relation to physical life, whether it would be a virus, whether it be warfare, whether it would be whatever we may face in this world today. We really don't need to fear that because we are eternal. We will live beyond this life. God imparted to us life, yes, physical life, but he also imparted to us eternal life. The second thing, so that's a good thing God has given to us. Uh, you know, life is precious. Life is good. And uh, even though we may face uh, issues of uh, that are undesirable in life, we get through those experiences. And I have an idea. I have a hunch. That's probably why that church posted that sign, that there's there's something better coming. We need to be patient. We need to look forward to the end of the uh, confining restrictions of a disease or virus as we know it. We can go beyond that. Let's get beyond it. But we need to be patient in doing that. We need to do what we know to do to make that a successful transition. The second thing that God is good in is in the book of John chapter, uh gospel of John chapter 3. And it's where Jesus is talking to uh, Nicodemus, one of the uh, religious leaders of the time. And he had some questions exactly on what... Uh, uh, Exactly in relation to what uh, to expect from Jesus' teaching. I want to read uh, Jesus' response to uh, Nicodemus here. Um, I'm going to start reading at verse 1, chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Notice that criteria that Jesus sets forth there. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So he's talking about seeing the kingdom of God, and he's talking about entering into that kingdom. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now verse 7, marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Jesus here, in his goodness, gave to us uh, spiritual life. He gave to us the new birth. We all have experienced the natural birth. And then the new birth, the being born again, is a choice that you and I need to make personally, whether we accept that. But Jesus provided in his goodness the channel through which that can take place. Ye must be born again. And going down further in chapter 3, verse uh, Sixteen and seventeen are those all familiar verses. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So we have the gift of salvation uh, from Jesus Christ, from God this morning, through His Son Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. That is something that is good beyond measure. We can't buy it. We simply need to accept it as a gift. The third thing that I want to uh, think of as being good from God is in Psalm 34. And this is the psalmist here. And he's telling us, he's uh, lifting out God's presence and protection. And uh, that is certainly something of God's goodness that we need to... Uh, Uh, Be reminded of many times. Psalms 34, verses uh, uh, beginning at verse four. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. We can experience deliverance from all of our fears uh, if we go to the source of our protection. God is our anchor. God is our hope. Verse five. They looked unto Him and were were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. There it uses the expression of, of our Lord truly being good. He can be found. He, he hears our cry for help. And he delivers us. We can count on him. He delivers us from all of our troubles. And he promises us the protection of his angel. Guardian angels protecting his people Irregardless of the uh, enemies that may be encroaching in our territory, God's presence and God's protection is something that we need to be reminded of daily in a very practical way, as we uh, face times that are uncertain, times that are unknown. We know that God is with us. The fourth thing that I want to uh, uh, think of as I think of God's goodness is in Psalm, Father on in Psalm, Psalm eighty-four, verses uh, ten through twelve. And this is uh, a promise that I can extend to you this morning if you're a child of God. And uh this is the psalmist David here, I believe, giving this expression. He says, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. That's a promise. No good thing will he withhold. I think rather than just latching onto that promise and saying that God is going to give me everything I want, I think where our focus needs to be, if we look at those verses, our focus needs to be on walking uprightly with the Lord. I like the psalmist's perspective here. He says, one day in God's presence compared to a thousand anywhere else. I haven't calculated how many days I've lived. But, you know, and, and I like David's expression here. He said, one day with God is no comparison to however many days, a thousand days. One day in God's presence compared to a thousand anywhere else. He also makes the comparison between light and darkness, danger and protection, As I was studying and meditating on those verses, I pulled Matthew Henry off my bookshelf there, and I looked what he had to say about those verses. And I I thought it was interesting. He He had a very interesting concept that paralleled our experience here today. He said, those are blessed who have the privilege of the Lord's house. But he said, if we cannot go to the Lord's house, we can by faith go to the Lord of the house. And I thought that was so fitting to our experience here today. And I'm just going to repeat it. He says, we are blessed and we have the privilege of meeting in the Lord's house together, collectively, as Psalmist suggests. But he says, if we cannot do that, we still have that privilege by faith of going to the Lord of the house. And we have that privilege today. And it blesses me to know that we can still. I read one uh, uh, person's uh, testimony in regards to what we're experiencing. And he said, My faith has continued to grow in spite of our lack of collectively meeting together as, as believers. And I know for an extended period of time, that's not good. But, you know, we, we don't need to allow that to hinder our personal relationship with Christ and God as we, we have opportunity. Let's maximize that opportunity and continue to walk and grow and to, and to personally uh, source God and His relationship. It's something that's good. It's something we need to uh, focus on. It's a promise that we know that no good thing will he withhold from us. The fifth thing that I notice that I want to draw your attention to is uh, in Psalm 107. And that is that God is still on the throne. And uh, I have the entire psalm listed here. I think I'm going to take just the time to uh, read through that psalm. It's not a real lengthy psalm. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right By the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contended the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their troubles, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands and sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These are the works of the Lord, and his wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raises the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depth. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wit's end. They cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people. And praise him in the assembly of the elders. There we have it. We should do collectively at some point. He turneth the rivers into a wilderness. And his water springs into dry ground. A fruitful land into barrenness. For the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water. And dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation. And sow the fields, and plant the vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blesses them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. Again they are mimished, and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth out contempt upon princes, and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction, and maketh him families like a flock. The righteous shall the righteous shall see, and it rejoices, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. The memory of his goodness should never be forgotten. I don't know if you noticed one of the repeat verses in there that uh, oh that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. What has God done good for you this past week? You can think about that. He is good to all in verse nine it tells us He satisfieth the longing soul he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Uh, God is good to all. generally, we tend to take things for granted on, on you know until we don't have them anymore, a little like we're experiencing here we uh, We take the collection the uh, the assembly of ourselves as the uh, As an assumption many times, but uh, when it's taken away from us, we realize how, how much it means to us. I want to uh, mention in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, Is a familiar verse that we many times like to uh, be reminded of. Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. It states that we know. Is my faith anchored in that fact, even though I have trouble sometimes focusing on the good things that seem to be coming my way that I may not interpret as good is the problem with where i 'm focusing um, I think our what would help us to see through some of these definition of good or bad things is that we need to we need to focus on our love for God and let 's not forget our purpose in being here and I think those two things as we focus on our love for God as we focus on our purpose for being here will help us to interpret what is really good there are many things that come our way that you and i would not choose but when we look at our love to god when we look at our purpose for being here it helps us to understand why we may be experiencing some of the things we're experiencing and be better under better able to understand the the definition of good things and things working together for the good of god the final thing that I, I want to draw your attention to as I think about the goodness of God is in Jeremiah chapter uh, 29. And uh, as I think about the goodness that God has in mind for his children, God has a, a uh, good end in mind for his children. And uh, these, this verse here in, in uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 10 would bear that truth out. He's speaking to Jeremiah, but it's a promise, I believe, that each one of us personally can lay claim to. For thus saith the Lord, that for 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place. And verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I like those two verses there. Psalms 29 verses 10 and 11. It says, I believe we can count on His Word. It's good. God's Word is good. We need to read it. We need to take it into our lives. We need to flesh it out in the way we relate to other people, the way we relate to our culture. God's Word is good. It needs to be that which, it's what, it's what our culture needs. It's what our society needs. God's Word is good. It needs to be fleshed out in our Every day walk and action of life we need to read it. Uh, we need to seek him with all your heart, with all our heart. we need to seek him. I thought it was interesting that uh, those those promises were given to the prophet Jeremiah as they were in captivity in Babylon and the the seventy years that they were removed from their their center of worship in Jerusalem and uh, God saw through all of that, and he had Plan in place. God sees through what you and I are experiencing today. And he has a plan and purpose in place. He says, I will give you an expected end. And I like the way that's worded there. There is nothing that's unexpected to God. We may be caught unexpected sometimes, but not God. I thought of the New Testament scripture in John 14, uh, verses 1 through 4, in relation to God giving us an expected end and I'm going to just read those few verses there John 14 it's uh Jesus there teaching on the uh, to the disciples about the uh, the future he says let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go to prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Those are comforting words for the child of God in in, in in our time and age. That God has an expected end in mind for each one of his children. And he's preparing a place for us beyond this world. And he says that we can know, and ye know the way, and ye know the place. Now the second part of I want to consider yet the second part of that quote. Good things take time. And that's the time part of it. And uh, there's a verse in James I want to draw your attention to as I thought about the time part of the equation. Uh, James chapter 5, verses uh, 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rains. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Do I see the end coming? Stay focused, stay true to the Lord. I want to encourage you. The definition of patience that I came across and I thought was very good and I'm not sure who to give credit to it. Definition of patience is this. You give up the struggle. You relax and or enjoy and learn from each moment. And it becomes a building block that will lead you to wisdom and success. I like that definition. When we're exercising patience as we ought to we simply give up the struggle. We learn to relax and/or enjoy, and learn from each moment, and it becomes a building block that we can that will lead us to wisdom and success. Maybe we are tempted to look down the road of life and to think that uh, how will we make it? I don't know if you've ever faced that challenge or not. President Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, said this. He says, "Believe you can." And you're halfway there. Robin Shorma. Said this. He said your I can. Will get you further than your IQ. I like that truth. When we have a willingness. To put ourselves. And the determination that I can. Will get you further than your IQ. Your IQ is up here. Your I can I think comes from your heart. And that makes all the difference. May God give us the strength to say, yes, I can, Lord. I'm willing. I'm going to go all the way with you. As I was preparing and meditating on this sermon, my daughter had texted me a video clip. And uh, she said, Dad, here, I think you'll like this. This reminds me of you. And it was a group that was singing a music clip Acapella music clip, one day at a time. And uh, I thought it was fitting into this sermon because that's the way God gives us life. One day dosages at a time. I'm sure I've told you that before. But that's all we can handle, one day at a time. I'm only human, I'm just a man. Help me to believe in what I could be and all that I am. Show me the stairway that I have to climb. Lord, for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday has gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be be mine. So for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time. Do you remember when you walked among men? Well, Jesus, you know, if you're looking below, it's worse now than then. Pushing, shoving, crowding my mind. So for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday is gone, sweet Jesus, tomorrow may never be mine. Yes, just for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time. The history of that song, I don't know if you know the history behind, behind that song, it was written by Marjan Wilkin and Chris Christophson. And... Uh, she was a singer, songwriter, publisher, and uh, she had fallen upon some difficult times in her life. Quite a few things that went wrong. Uh, her marriage was falling apart. It was on the rocks. Her mother had recently died of a stroke. Her business partner had recently passed away. Another close friend who had uh, she was close to had also died. And on top of that, she had made a loan to a singer friend of hers who was behind and on the loan and pay, loan payments to her, and she thought things really couldn't get much much worse. So she sought out a minister in her community, and uh, she pulled in. And uh, surprisingly, the minister had never asked had never been asked counsel before. As she poured out her troubles to him, and uh, what challenged me was uh, he gave her some rather unusual advice. And he suggested that she thank God for the problems that she was encountering. And uh, I don't know if that's what she anticipated or not. But she left anyway. And as she left, she, uh, a little like Naaman being told to uh, go wash in the muddy Jordan, she did follow his advice. And she, she thanked the Lord for the troubles that she was facing. And uh, when she got home, the words of this song were formulating in her mind. And she realized that her focus, her perspective needs to change. She was looking at the what she thought was all of the things that were out of control and when she stopped and counted her blessings and looked at the way she needs to look at things one day at a time, this song was born and uh, penned so we we thank her for that and I think it 's good for us today to stop and to and to focus sometimes that realize that God is still in control, and we need to take. Our time, one day at a time. The best is yet to come. I want to encourage you. Invest your time in that which is good. Patience in time, the grass will become milk. Focus on the good things that we have. Focus on the good things of God. And there certainly are many of them if we're willing to take the time and focus on them and thank him for them. We need to talk about the good things of God. We need to let our children hear about the good things of God. It needs to be one of the verses I mentioned about the from generation to generation. And I, I, I realize that's an important link that needs to be connected. We need to connect that link from one generation to the next as we think about the good things of God. May God help us to be faithful in doing that as we live in these uncertain times that we would certainly focus on the good things of God. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you are a good God. We can depend on you. We can trust you. Help us to keep our focus on you and to realize uh, that you are not withholding any good thing from each one of us. There are things that come into our lives and our experiences that we would not call good. But Lord, help us to evaluate our love for you and remember our purpose in being here. It's not to have an easy life. It's not to have a cushy life, Lord, but to simply bring honor and glory to you. Help us, Lord, to uh, stay true to you. Help us to keep the finish line in focus and to continue faithfully on. Help us to talk about the good things that you have done for us to others. There's a lot of negativity in our world today, but Lord, as Christians, we believe we ought to be focusing on that which is good, and because it's from you. There is none good but you, and we praise you for that. May your name be exalted in our generation today, is what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.